Welcome everyone to the Q&A podcast. I'm Lachlan. This is Foxy. This is Foxy. Hey, hey. And we are here following up on some of the questions that came through after this past Sunday's sermons. Uh, we might not get through all of them in this particular podcast, but we're going to keep chipping through. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like uh, we're handling these in the service because we have not prepped them. <laughs> so we're taking them as they come. Uh, Foxy, do you have anything you want to say before we... Uh, get into it? Yeah, not a lot, but I do think um, the book of Job is a book which is filled with questions. So Job constantly is asking questions. God asks a lot of questions. The friend asks a lot of questions. And so I expect as we go through Job, we will have loads and loads of questions. Uh, And not all of them will get the answers that we hope, Hmm. but they will take us further to knowing Jesus Christ, which is great. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, let's uh, get cracking. Um, one of the questions that's come through, uh, Foxy, should we seek suffering? Should we seek suffering? Uh, mm, yeah. Well, I want to say yes, but no. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's going to be the answer to a lot of yeah. questions. Yes, but no, or no, but kind of. <laughs> I, I think in the Bible, I was reflecting on this, I don't know if there's ever a time when God says, go out and seek suffering. Uh, in, and I, I mean, and part of that is probably just because, well, yes, yeah, suffering will just definitely come. Um, mm-hmm. That is just part of living in this world. Maybe uh, when Jesus Christ calls us to follow him and says, take up our cross <coughs> and deny yourself, mm-hmm. that's naturally going to lead to suffering. Um, you will suffer as a Christian. Uh, but I suppose uh, the, the thing is... Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's good to expect that the suffering will come. Don't necessarily go and seek it. Don't mm. even really need to go and pray it. You, but as suffering comes, be ready to persevere and uh, look uh, to do all that you can to um, hold on to Jesus so that you can bring him the glory that he deserves. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think I, I'd agree. Like, we, yeah, there's no way where the Bible says you should go and seek suffering, but we're told to you know, seek to follow God and that will sometimes bring with it suffering. And so, and sometimes we know in advance that the thing that means following God will, will bring suffering. Mm. But yeah, that's not pursuing suffering. That's actually just pursuing God and recognising yeah, sometimes that will actually bring hardships. Um, and I guess, um, yeah, uh, but there's nothing, there's nothing inherently kind of great about suffering in that we should be seeking it, but that we do know actually when suffering does come, is actually used by God for good purposes. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, I know one of, um, a guy I used to work with, um, and, you know, he, he'd been through some uh, tough times himself. Um, you know, he, he used to say, you know, there's, there's no way I would ever wish those times on myself again, and no way that I would ever choose to kind of face them again because they were tough. But at the same time, I can look back on them and go, I'm incredibly grateful that these times actually have happened because I can see how God has used them to grow me and, and strengthen me. So there's, there's the fact that actually following God also shapes how we then are able to view suffering, sometimes in the moment, but sometimes also um, with a bit of space as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll pass you a question now. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> and so we had a question here when bad things happen 
how do we know if it's from Satan or God? Yeah, that's a that's a good question, and and one that I was talking about to someone this morning. I guess a related a related one is you know if we're if we're in a sinful and a fallen world and just bad things happen, you know, like Jesus kind of talks about this Tower of Siloam falling on on people. Like if stuff just happens as well, um, yeah, that's I guess a third option. You know, how is it Satan? Is it God? Uh, is it just something that's happened and can't really attribute it kind of one way or the other? Um, I think. One thing I want to say is that there's a sense in which kind of I think the Bible wants needs us to hold several things in tension here because what we've seen in Job one and two is that whilst while the Satan is the one who's actually kind of you know doing these things to Job, um, actually God has allowed it and even instructed it uh, and sort of said go you know whatever you know. It's, he's in your hand, and so you can't you can't kind of just say, oh, it's it's Satan and not God. But at the same time, uh, one of the things that is you know the the text is very clear to establish is you know Job didn't sin by charging God with wrongdoing, and so I think that's that's probably one of the poles that I think we want to keep pegged in the ground firmly as we think about how does this happen and, and how does God run the world and when bad things happen, you know, how, do, how do we parse it? Yeah, so even though God caused the suffering, Job never says it was wrong. It, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. He never, yeah, he never attributes wrongdoing to God in yeah. that. And so, yeah, even some of those things, you know, it's the fire of God that's fallen from heaven and yeah. um, there's a perception that God is, is behind it. Um, and so, yeah, uh, and, and I guess if, if you said, oh, it's, it's Satan, is it Satan or is it God? Um, I think the other thing I want to be careful about falling into is kind of a, I guess what they call a dualistic thinking, like um, to the idea that, you know, it's it's good versus evil or it's light versus dark and, and sometimes one gets the upper hand, but, you know, other times it's, you know, the other one will get the upper hand. Like that's not the Bible worldview. It's not like sometimes Satan kind of just gets one over on God. That's not at all what happens. Um, it's always God who is in control, and even though in Job it's Satan who's actually causing these things to happen, um, it's happening because God's allowed it to. Um, yeah, was, and I think like I think people, I think sometimes for me, mm. for many people, it's just uneasy, doesn't it? That, yeah. That God is in control of suffering. Yes. But I suppose the alternative is quite scary in yeah. terms of if suffering is outside of God's control, mm. then that means that there is something more powerful than God himself. It's like yeah. chaos almost rules yeah, yeah. above the God who we love. And so it can sound unsettling, but I'd yes. rather God be in control of it yeah. than for it to just be chaos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's actually a really helpful thing to, to bear in mind is that, yeah, sometimes that, that idea of, oh, if God does stand behind it, that's not comfortable. We might not like that idea, um, but yeah, well, what's what's actually the alternative yes. is is far worse. And um, and in some ways, you know, it kind of gives away part of the end of Job. But <laughs> yes, that's a, ends up being some of God's argument is, yes. hey, you know, I despite all this, I am actually still over it. I still have control over it, um, and that is actually something that gives Job kind of com- seems to kind of mm-hmm. acknowledge. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. There is there is something helpful about that in there too. Mm. Um, our next one um, for you. Uh, how do you explain or justify Job's suffering to someone who's not a Christian? Um, like it just comes across as an unnecessary test. And I guess this might not just be explaining it to a non-Christian, but you know, the idea that oh, it's just a it's an unnecessary test. Um, you know, so Christians might feel that as well to go, hey, this all this suffering, like <laughs> you know, surely this is unnecessary. Mm. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I think it's true, isn't it? Um, why did this? Why did God choose to do this to Job? Yeah, really is is the question, uh, and I think part of it was uh, I think part of the reason is that God's glory is more important than anything else in the world, mm. and so and it's not that God's glory just we just need to know that kind of as a truth statement, mm. but we actually need to experientially see it. Mm. I guess could be a way of putting it. Yeah. So uh, it was important for Job to suffer mm. undeservedly and for the heavens to look on and for Satan to look on and for everyone to look on so that mm. we could learn that God's glory was worth more than Job's comfort. Yeah. And God was worth trusting in even when Job had nothing. Mm. And so part of the unnecessary nature of this, you know, it seems unnecessary, but actually it was necessary so that the world mm. could see um, how truly glorious God is. So th- I think there's that side of it. Mm. Uh, also, I think you probably, you know, if someone's asking the question, you, you start, the best place to go is to Jesus Christ, who mm. suffered undeservedly, mm. so that the unrighteous could be made righteous and saved. Yeah. If you were standing at the cross, you wouldn't necessarily know that. Yeah. You'd be like, this is a terrible waste of life, a great teacher has died on, on a Roman cross. Mm. But if you're able to step back, and if you actually, and we can, because we've got the Bible and God's mm. spoken, we can actually interpret that event now and we mm. go, no, that undeserved suffering mm. led to the greatest of glory. It led to actually you and I yeah, yeah. get coming to glory as well. So what we might deem as unnecessary, yeah, yeah. if we have the eyes of God, which we sometimes do because we have scripture, we can actually go, that was, that was a, a wonderful thing that happened even yeah. though I, you might not see it at the time. Yeah, and, and I think um, I think one of the things that kind of looking at this passage and prepping for it really kind of challenged me on, and I think it's still challenging me on, is um, so in one Peter, uh, I'm trying to flip to my Bible. Um, so it was one Peter one six and seven. Um, so Peter talking to the you know, writing to um, the early Christians. So he says, you know, in all this, this being kind of the hope and the life they have in Christ, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer through grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. And I think just thinking about that in the light of Job just made me realise how much I undervalue faith. Mm. Um, And I get, you know, I think Faith is important, but I just, I don't know, this has kind of shone a light on that for me in a different way to go, oh, like, actually, (laughs) you know, uh, faith being proved to be genuine, uh, actually, in God's eyes, is incredibly precious. And like you said, that that it ends up resulting in God's glory um, is actually 
you know, a, a really good thing. Um, and so, you know, I think that's one of those things I, I would have assented to, but I just don't think I, yeah, looking at this in the life of Job has really kind of shone a different light on it for me. Um, I guess the other part of the question is, you know, how, how would you talk with a, a non-Christian about about this, or someone who's not a, a follower of Jesus, because it comes across as an unnecessary text. I guess, yeah, that's a that's a really interesting one as well. I think your your point on um, you know the the nature of when you know when and when when is and isn't suffering necessary, or because you know, we we're used to going sometimes sometimes suffering can be good, um, and so you know if there's an immediately tangible benefit for it, we can go. Oh yeah, this was this wasn't this was bad or unpleasant, but we can see the the ultimate payoff, and we can do that in small ways. So you know, if if, if someone um, you know if someone fell off their bike and broke their leg and they have to go in for scans, but then like a you know a tumor was found early, and you know they are able to kind of have that dealt with in time when otherwise they might not. You go, oh wow, it was terrible. They you know broke their leg or something happened, but you can see a good thing that came out of it. Um, but we're just, uh, I, I think it, it means that actually the Bible's worldview on the importance of faith is actually quite different to, to ours. But I don't know if that actually answers the, I don't have an answer to the question, I'm just kind of <laughs> droning on. Yeah, might be, okay. I might, this might be a bit that I come and edit back out for the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> you know, no, what, I was thinking about this as well, like I think sometimes we want to go, this might also not answer it, mm. yeah. but like we kind of want to look back on suffering and go, I can now see how this thing has led to mm. this thing happening. Yes. But when you do look at 1 Peter, actually, if you're yeah. just still trusting Jesus, yeah. suffering is achieved its goal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that actually is kind of, in some ways, it's kind of profound. Yeah. Like, we don't always need to be trying to guess at what suffering is doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and then comfort someone by saying, then, hey, you know what, yeah, you know what, I can now see, because you've gone through this, now this person knows Jesus, which is great if it does happen. Yeah. But actually, if that person is still clinging to Christ, yeah. all glory be to Jesus. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, to a non-Christian, I, I guess I would also, I know we're talking about Job in particular, but mm. I reckon I, I just would like, to know what is their response to what is yeah, your response yeah. to suffering? Yeah, I think I think that's that's it as well. Um, is that there is this this kind of question, like looking looking at looking at the Bible and and Job in particular and what it has to say about suffering. It is disconcerting, but I think one of the things to remember, which you kind of did with one of the previous questions, is to actually go, yeah, but what's the alternative? Like, yes, mm-hmm. this isn't necessarily the most comfortable place to sit. But actually, when you think through what the, <laughs> what the yeah. alternative is, like actually, this is a lot more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. actually there's actually a lot more hope that I I have here, and yeah. a, lot, a much more robust answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I guess one of those is that if there is a good God who does allow unjust suffering, and He said ultimately, if if God did not allow unjust suffering, well, then the cross would never have happened. Mm. Um, but again, that's that's sort of a little bit more of a you know, a, a Christian response. So I think, yeah, the the question is, you know, how do you talk to a non-Christian about it? Well, I think I would actually want to take them to Jesus ultimately because, you know, they need to meet Jesus, otherwise it's a yeah. bit of kind of sophistry anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I wonder if we should 
caught up there, Lachlan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. With that beautiful, <laughs> very simple line, you need to meet Jesus. That's right. <laughs> and uh, in Job, mm. we need to meet Jesus. Yeah, and it's Job's sufferings that ultimately foreshadow Jesus and point us to him, and he's the one we keep need to go back to be going back to yeah. to really think through well, what does the message of Job have to say to us. Um, yeah. We, you know, if we don't understand it in light of the cross and and who Jesus is and what he's done. We're going to have a skewed understanding, and yeah. yeah, it's only through going with him that we'll actually have have anything resembling a good answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. thanks, Foxy. Uh, you're welcome. We'll get to the next Q and A sometime soon. Yeah.